So he obviously knew something that was going on. So hearing hearing that he left, like, you know, he's stepped down, you know, and saying that the future, the future of, uh, you know, the Marlins and their and the other part of the owners, you know, doesn't look like they're, you know, aligning together. It, it, it means something. So I think, you know, Derek Jeter was probably in there, you know, trying to play for the players. You know, he's probably in there talking about, you know, the owners are probably like, yeah, we're not, we don't want to pay him, you know, that much. Like, nah, we don't want to pay him. But Jeter's like, you know, he was a player. He's like, no, we need to pay these players. Like, we need to get to these, get give the players what they want so we can continue on and get ready for the MLB season. So, obviously, seeing that Jeter left like that, I think it just, it just, something doesn't add up right. And it looks like that's, you know, that could be a big factor in it. And so, you know, it is definitely a sad day for baseball because, you know, I know how big opening day is for baseball fans are. I've never personally been to a baseball f- game yet, and I do want to go to one. Really? I'm so serious. Yeah, I've never See, been to I one. See, I actually don't, like, I follow, I, I mean, I follow baseball, but I'm not, like, that's not my number one sport. But I always find baseball games a lot, like, a lot of fun because, like, it's not like, like any other NBA game because you can just, like, sit down, have it, have, like, Eat, eat, eat some food, chill, chill and like right. watch a good game in front of you. I, I definitely, like I, experience. I definitely, that was definitely my goal this year. You know, now you know, I'm 22, turning 23 this summer. I definitely wanted to go to a, a baseball game this year. You know, maybe crack a couple beers. You know, eat a couple. You know, eat some overpriced chicken tenders and fries and all that. And it's they crazy. Are ridiculously overpriced. I, I know they. Well, are. In, in New York, they taste if you good, go to like, if you go yeah. to like St. Louis, I you w- can get five dollar seats and like five dollar chicken tenders. Are you serious? I mean, I'm Cardinals? making that up, but oh, like, there's a bunch. Okay. Of, but there's a bunch of but, but yeah, the Royals, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, the Royal Kansas City. Yeah. But like, yes, yeah, like that's what I'm saying. Like, definitely want to go to one. You know, you know, I went to I went to uh, the Yankee Stadium, but it was for an NYCFC game. Like, of course, me, you know, the soccer head of the gr- of the radio group, you know. Yeah, I'm I love the, soccer. I'm, I'm going, a Red Bulls fan, though. I'm not an NYCFC I'm not fan. NYCFC. I'm, I'm Chelsea. So I, I, my favorite, honestly, my favorite MLS team would be Douglas. I'm a fan. Oh yeah, yeah. So, but going back to the baseball, definitely, definitely a sad day. I, you know, the owners need to do something. Like, it's not like they're losing money, man. Like, the owners have the money to pay these players. Like, they're getting money from the players. Like, you're, you know, without the players, you're not making money. Without the audience, without the, you know, the crowd, you're not making money. So it's not only just affecting the players, it's affecting the MLB, it's affecting, you know, you know the employees of the stadium and everything. It's just, it's ridiculous, and the owners but just seem stingy. Here's where it's unfair, though, because the owners know they can, they, can, they can afford a month of no pay, and they know the stadium guys and some, like, the lower MLB players can't afford can't, it. Yeah. So it's like, it's kind of It's messed up. It's messed up. It's messed up is what it is. No. But all, all collective bargaining agreements are a little messed up. This one particularly because... Because the players finally budged to like what I thought was a relatively, you know, I'm not, I, I, I'm not, I don't pretend to be a baseball expert. I know all the ins and outs of um, arbitration and that kind of stuff. But I thought they budged to a pretty acceptable level because both was sides it were like here. Two fifteen, like two forty-five um, or something. I forget, but I thought it was more acceptable. And the owners were like, then their proposal was kind of like it was like disgraceful. It was like, nope, we're gonna do our thing, and you're gonna listen to us. Yeah, and it's it's crazy that the owners definitely have this type of you know power over the players it's like it's kind of like the you know back in the 2011 when the nba lockout happened you know it's just it's crazy that you know these players are making you the money and you know them just asking for maybe a little more salary cap and you don't even have a salary cap you just have a luxury tax that you can't go over so 245 mil luxury tax are you kidding me like that's not even bad like 
It's just it's definitely disgraceful, man. I I I feel for the baseball fans. I definitely want to go out there soon. Hopefully, you know, this season doesn't get canceled so I can go to my first baseball game and, you know, I definitely I definitely feel bad cuz you know, even think about all the rookies that just got, you know, drafted, you know, they they were started they were getting ready to play the first game. Think about all the overseas players about to get ready for the first game, flying in family this and that. Now none, none of that's happening. That that's I I just think that's messed up. And, and, you know, we were reading in class, you know, like M, like the MLB's losing like 20 mil a day. Like they're losing like um, like mad, like a lot of money a day off no games a day. So, you know, I just think the owners and the players need to get to something soon. And it's just crazy. Also, it's crazy hearing that, you know, these meetings are going on for five minutes. This is a lot of money and meetings going on for five minutes and then you bounce like... Well, this one was much longer, but yeah, before that but was I'm, very like there yeah, was a right. sixteen-hour marathon well, yesterday going into this morning. Yeah, because they 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 were trying to not let the baseballs. Yeah, exactly. So the the opening day wasn't canceled, but before, but like you can't be making up these sixteen hours now that you know three weeks ago or a month ago you was in there for five minutes. Right. Like, right. And and you know I, I want to go back to your point that you said before, Amir. You know it the owners and the players you know they need to agree not only for themselves but you know the a, any sports league especially MLB in its state the state that it is in now doesn't run without the fans and you know I I, I kind of want to just like you know go back to the point of like going to a game just how simplistic it is like I I, I would go to Mets games I, I think I went to about four of them this last season you you buy the tickets the day of it was like five dollars for nosebleeds go there the concessions are crazy overpriced but you know, but but it's really it's easy to get there. It's something to do during the day, and you know, I, even though it doesn't have that like America's pastime label that maybe it did in the past, in the previous years, like it's it's still something fun to do. But fans and you know, and players are like are you know getting impatient with the current structure, and the MLB Players Association put out a tweet in response to this saying that players and fans are disgusted. But sadly, not surprised. So that so that begs the question for me right there. Like, what what kind of culture are you instilling in your sport? A- and then, if that's the message you're putting across, how do you expect people to buy into that? And you know, sell sell different merchandise, sell out stadiums, bring excitement to the game. If the people who are making it happen aren't even invested themselves. So I, I mean, I, I'm curious to see how they bounce back from this one. The last lockout took a while for them to really find their groove again and get to where they are now so we'll see what happens yeah definitely uh and like i said i hope it definitely gets um resolved and you know let's hopefully i can go to a baseball game this summer but um on other news though i don't know brad did you have anything no nah, I, I mean no nah, no nah, that I mean, I mean that's pretty much it for me i mean they, they just need to get their, their yeah. stuff together that's really what it comes down to okay so yeah definitely but in in other news um we got to talk about this basketball team. Look, love them. That's the, my guys. You know, appreciate them. You know, it's it's a hard game. This was a hard game versus Wisconsin this weekend. Very hard game. I thought they played very well. You know, definitely they needed that dub, you know, for that March Madness resume. Um, I mean, it, it was hard to stop, you know, Hepburn and, and, and all them guys of um, – you know, Davidson, you know, behind the three, you know, that, you know, that was something that was worrying that, you know, they can't let that happen. And, you know, but I, I you know, 
these turnovers, the turnovers hurt a lot. Um, uh, you know, not the shots weren't sinking in like we were to, hopefully too. But that second half though, that first half was a little poor. But that second half, Geo was going off. The first like ten points were just him. You know, bringing them back into the game. Everyone is playing well. I mean, what do you guys think? I think I think that you know. They played very well. I think it's nothing to be disappointed about. It's definitely disappointing that you know that you lose, and that's something that could really help you for the March Madness. But that if you can keep that momentum going towards Indiana and Penn State for these last two games, it, I'm not. I think it's 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 hopefully looking good. I'll say this: their defense. I know they let up a lot of threes, but I think their defense overall is good. I think the threes. Um, I, I think just some of them were not lucky because Wisconsin, but Wisconsin is a great three-point shooting team ever, and they were contesting some of the ones from Davison, and they weren't getting it. Plus, Caleb McConnell pretty much locked up John Davis. I know uh, he had a McConnell bunch of points, but he was kind of just throwing them up there. Um, So he did as best as he could. The offense, especially in the second half, I thought was good, but Paul McKay needs to stay out of foul trouble because there was, I think, only two assists the whole game. And Rutgers is really good when they're their offense is full potential when they're moving the ball when they're moving the ball at like will and that really showed like like this was like the offense of last year where sometimes it was hot sometimes it was not depending if Geo or Ron was hot because it was all the offense relied way too much on the first and second half on ISO ball and you see the issue with ISO ball in the first half when no one shots were going in second half you get the positive ISO ball because Joe couldn't miss and then Ron also played very well in the second half as well but this team's this this team offensively is not at their peak potential no matter if Geo can't miss when they're playing ISO ball their peak potential when they're moving the ball around Paul is in the high post Geo's at the three conducting the offense from the top and Ron is, you know, doing his thing, getting inside or taking a three-point shot. Cliff's in the middle, and the ball is just moving around between those four players. And then I'm missing a fifth. And then Caleb McConnell's there too. He, he's secondary ball handler. Yeah. Um, that's when the offense is at best. I think Wisconsin did really good to disrupt that type of offense and force them back into um, uh, ISO ball. Part of that was because Paul Mulcahy got some unlucky fouls, in my opinion. But I think. Against Indiana, they have to go back to passing the ball like they did in their four-game win streak. Paul McKay has to stay out of foul trouble, and I don't. I think the. I think Rutgers has to sweep these next games. They have to be Indiana. They have to be Penn State. I think they have to win one game in the Big Ten tournament. But if they do that, I think they're in right now. Joe Lenardi, who I think is a is is very respected. Brad Watchtel. I never know how to pronounce the name. Brad Watchtel. I almost positive that's it. Um, has them out. Wachtel has them out. Sorry if I'm pronouncing that name. Um, but um, Joe Lenardi has them the last team in. But of course, he said with a asterisk. He said that's he's not counting like bid stealers, and there will be at least five, three bid stealers. So that's really Rutgers not being in. So they need two wins and one tournament win. I think are must and a win against they're a better team than Indiana. But away where we know this team struggles is no easy task. But they've done it the last two years. So I have faith. I definitely got feet, Brett. What you think? Yeah, I mean, I you know, g- going back to Paul Mulcahy, I I mean, he he was the engine behind these wins against ranked opponents. He says here he shot sixty one point one percent from the floor, sixty two and a half point five percent from three, and made nine out of ten free throws. He he was not only a spark for the entire team, but in that Northwestern game, 
he almost single-handedly brought brought us back. We ended up losing by a point, down by 24 at one point. I, I mean, that, that says something by itself. And, you know, the, the one thing that I've noticed over the course of these last three games is that they're, they're defending really well. They're, they're still hitting a good chunk of their field goals, but the three-point ball has, you know, that stretch where we were hitting over 50% of our threes, it's gone down to around 24% over the last three games during this losing skid. And, you know, that, that, that kind of goes back to the, the whole ball movement thing where guys are, um, guys are standing on the wings too long, dribbling, dribbling, trying to make something happen or trying to make something happen for themselves gives defenses time to either set them in a, get them in a trap or cut off any cut, any passing lanes. So it, it's something that's stagnated their offense. You know, we were interviewing Paul Mulcahy a couple weeks ago, if you, if you, if you guys listening here missed that you know you want to check it out it was a great interview and got a lot of insight Paul Mulcahy himself said that the key to them not winning all these games against ranked opponents was that they weren't settling for iso looks and that they were moving the ball around now for any team that that's really important to not to not only limit turnovers but to get a win but for Rutgers especially that really lacks that I feel like really lacks that primary playmaker outside of Paul Mulcahy, it, it's paramount. And, and we've seen it in the last few games where if the ball isn't moving, Rutgers isn't producing the level of offense that we know they can. And it's it's resulting in tough losses. And now they're on the brink again for the third year in a row. Yeah, I mean, definitely Paul definitely needs to be able to control this offense. Uh, Gio also needs to control this offense like he was doing in the second half. They were, like I said, they were playing very well. That second half, they you found that hunger. They just need that hunger. They need to make sure in the back of their mind they know that if they, you know, they need these two wins. I think definitely they're capable of doing it. I know they're capable of doing it. I'm never going to doubt them. I'm never going to see them out. You know, I don't care even if they do go into, like, I still think they can win the Big Ten tournament. That's just how I am. But, you know, I think, um, you know, if everyone plays like that, that hunger they just need that anger you know Jalen Miller was gr- amazing amazing playing defense um versus um excuse me against them who, who was on him again I'm sorry Johnny Davis Jalen Miller was pretty good on, 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 on no Hepburn. not Johnny Davis Hepburn Hepburn yeah. yes Jalen Miller is a great defender Jalen Miller was a great defender versus on Hepburn just making that disruption you know that's what they need they just need to get teams into like that disruption make them make those hard shots get them angry you know that little scuffle they had with Caleb and everything before the break I remember because I, I was uh commentating for that you know that that seemed like they were getting they got that little spark like oh yeah like okay like we want this now like they they want to talk all that smack they want to do this this is what we're gonna do now and they were playing great I think they're playing lights out sadly you know that la- those you know they were making those hard shots, you know, but those are those shots that you need them to try to, to take those hard, disruptive uh, shots. They just need a little, probably a better defense, not losing their man mark, man marking. Don't get caught up, you know, watch your man at all times. And, you know, if, you know, we get, if Ron drops 15, Geo drops 10, Paul with, you know, 10 assists. You know, uh, Cliff with twelve real quick. I think that's a good game, and I think that's 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 a stat line that usually happens when we win a game. You know, Ron will either or even twenty plus or Geo with twenty. You know, with those type of games, and I don't. You know, I think Indiana. You know, versus Indiana, they don't have an answer that that well. You know, if they're on point, if Geo and Ron can be on point, 
I feel like they're like one of the most dynamic duos. Against Indiana, they have to start off quick. They thing. have to start uh, off quick. The Michigan game, I, as much as discussed, part of the issue was, despite it being a close game the first half, they never like asserted their, they were never they never asserted any of their dominance. They're, they're just kind of like staying staying up to par almost. They need to like even if they let Indiana make it a close game, they need to start off quick on offense and take at least a four-point lead in the early, like, first ten minutes at some point. And then, okay, you can let Indiana come a little closer, but they need to, they need to at least quiet the crowd initially and ha- give them that self-belief that, okay, I can do this. And then I think that'll give them a much bigger chance to win. Definitely. I think that that's definitely a very key point that they need. They need to start off hot. Without starting off hot, you know, you're, you're giving that, that advantage to the, to the an opponent. You know, that's something that they, you know, when they were on these four-game home-ranked win streaks and, and away-ranked win streaks, they started off hot. They started off very hot. They were on point. They were on it. They would, they knew what, what, what was done. You know, when you when you don't start off hot, you know, you go down eight early, it's like, ah, I got to, we got to, we got to climb back. You climb back from that eight, now you're up two, now you're down four. Ah, I got to climb back up. Like, you know, if you start off hot, you, you go up six, then they tie, but then you go up four again, you know, you keep that advantage. If they keep that advantage, you know, or even if they go up eight, they're down by two, but then they go up by four, tied, up by two, tied, like, at least keep that advantage. You got that advantage, so that's not draining, like, ah, oh, man, like, in the back of their head, okay, we're 10 down right now. We need to go on to, like, a 10-0 uh, uh, scoring streak. Like, that's something that, you know, they, they just need. They just need to start off hot. They need to, you know, definitely better – better playmaking Paul definitely definitely needs to stay off of foul trouble I won't lie a couple of the fouls I saw were a little iffy it's been that for a past couple games too even I the feel Michigan, like Paul gets like he, out of all the players he gets kind of like treated a little unfairly yeah I, think I don't know so. why but like I, I I don't know I feel like he gets kind of abused in the I Big think 10. so <laughs> I definitely think so I think Paul definitely he gets you know a couple of fouls I saw was just not it like I was like what like they were pushing him, or he just had his hands up, not doing nothing, you know, disrupting the shot. Boom, foul on him. Like, I, it was, it's, it's just a little, even to, even the Michigan game, too. I saw a couple fouls that were, uh, even, and in, in the Wisconsin, too, Gio was, Gio got, I remember, Gio just got crazy fouled running through the, um, through the, uh, what was it? Where is he on the foul? Yeah, he was running through, like, the, the right wing to the, to left went through the free throw line and got hacked at like four times. Even like threw his head back, like knowing that he got hit. Nothing, just nothing. And then Wisconsin obviously got these easy fouls, whatever. But you know, I definitely think it's something that can be done. You know, these last two games are very, very critical. And I think you know if they just know in the back of their mind these two games can help them go to March Madness. You know these these two games they got that aggression they have that that will to win, knowing that if you get these two games and you get that dub in Big Tourney, you know and maybe even two if you get two oh man then it's looking good. So you know we just need those 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 these last two games are very very critical. Um, you know the resume looks good. We still have a lot of quad one wins, but you know you can't. Go to you can't go in when you're losing to Lafayette, DePaul, and then if it's you know Penn State and this and that like we 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 can't do that. So these these final two games definitely very 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 big, and um, I hope we get it done, and I think we can. 
if everyone could just stay off that foul trouble and do what they got to do, I think we're going to look pretty good. Brett, you have anything? Yeah, I mean, look, like I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it off on this. We were counted out earlier in the season, losing to those opponents like you were saying, but we came back. Look where we are now. Yes, we're at the brink point again for the third year in a row, and that that does let some seeds of doubt seep in. But if there's any team that's shown through adversity that they can come out on the other side victorious. It's been this Rutgers team. I, I mean, that ranked opponent stretch, to me, has shown everything that that you need to know. Yeah. That the they, the they entire can, year. Exactly. That they can do it. So, I I, I agree with you that this two-game stretch is pivotal. I, I mean, it's goes without saying that it's the key to whether they're going home or they're going to March Madness for a potential at more. And... You know, Indiana's a great start. Mike Woodson's team's tough, but you know, as long as they stick to the game plan and you know, get like Amir was saying, you know, getting off to a fast start and being able to play at their pace is just so important. I will. The last, the last thing I guess I have to say on this is that it's just wait, not yeah, I just totally blanked my mind. Oh wait, actually, now I remember um, that it's kind of like. It'd almost be a shame if this team didn't make it because I feel like they can make a real run. Like, they, they, I, if they make March Madness, I feel like they can make a real run deep in the tournament. If they're, you know, March Madness, of course, is a lot of luck. That's, but like, if the cards fall right, but they have the personnel. They have a senior. Like, when I look at teams that can do good in March Madness, right? There's a lot of qualifications, but one of them is a couple of them are older team, more experienced, with with a star score. That can score big buckets and good defense. Those are, I think, the three, the three like I like re- like things I really like to look at. Well, let's look at Rutgers. Like, and it's not guaranteed they're gonna make March Madness, but let's look at lot Rutgers. Assuming they do, great defense. That's already established. They have debatably the defensive player of the year. Definitely top three defender in the country. Definitely, definitely actually, actually I'll say it, definitely top guard defender in the country. Um, and then great defense all around. They have a team of mostly seniors. Um, everyone other than Cliff is a uh, is um a junior or senior, and Cliff is a sophomore of the starters. And they have a scoring star in Ron Harper Jr. And Joe Baker's extremely clutch. Um, so they have all the formula to have a successful March Madness run. Will they is another question if they can get there in the first place. But you got to get there in the first place to have a successful run. Definitely, we definitely. Definitely will get there in the first place. I think it's definitely um uh definitely a, a possible. Like it's definitely possible. I've seen it before. We've seen the past two years. Sadly that you know, that first year it was uh definitely it was taken away because of COVID. But um, you know, it's it's possible. They're they they've been here before. It's not like this is their first time being here. So that's the good thing. They have been here before. They know what they need to do. They know what's what needs to be done. And without it, uh, you know, they had that grit. And without that, you know, if they don't have it, then they don't have it. Then we'll just see them go home. But I know, I know, I know them. They, I know they're going. They're they got that grit. They got that will. They got what they have to do. So let's hope, you know, tomorrow we see a nice dub coming out, and then Sunday a great. Packed Jersey Mike's Arena versus Penn State tip off at 12 p.m. I might be there, might not be. I don't know. 
because the past that little ranked win we streak we went and I was just on the couch watching from our apartment so maybe I should probably just stay on the couch in the apartment watching so you know we keep those vibes going but for that you know I think it's definitely possible and for now we're gonna quit take a quick quick break I think coming up next we're gonna do locks of the week. Yeah, locks of the week can come up, and then you know we have a lot of uh, excuse me, a lot of other things we need to get into NBA talk and more MLB talk. I actually need to talk about the you know the uh, soccer. You know Chelsea Liverpool played the Carabao Cup final this week, so I got a little things to say about that. So Kepa, get good goalie, right? Listen, listen we're going. Listen, we're going to talk about that. So. Keep it locked here at WRSU.org or 88.7 FM, New Brunswick. Welcome back, everybody, to WRSU Tuesday Crew, and got everybody's favorite segment here. It's my my personal favorite because I'm still perfect on the year so far. We got locks of the week, and I wanted to get I want to get your guys' locks first because I I think I already got mine, and it's a it's a basketball one. But I wanted to see what you guys came up with before I share mine. All right, I'll go first. Unfortunately, Here goes LA's going to talk no. about I'm 61, I'm 71. No, no, I'm 6 and 8. I was about to say, I'm now 6 and 8. Now, I, I like to keep the fans You're updated on eight? my success. No, like, sorry, 6 out of 8. So 6 uh, and 2. 6 and 2. Yeah. Uh, so I like to keep the fans updated on my success. You know, when we have success in here, we like to talk about it. But, yeah, so I did a parlay last week. I called it the Pride of New Jersey. It was Carl Anthony Towns over points, and Rutgers covered the spread. And... Carl Anthony, De- Carl Anthony Towns hit. Rutgers, excuse me, disappointed. So that did not hit. I'm done with parlays because I'm 0 and 2 in parlays and I'm <laughs> 6 and 0 for sport for his normal bets. Which, by the way, is how normal betting works. You never parlay unless you like are silly. Um, so tonight's game, I'm gonna bring Amir back to the good old days of November Crew, October Crew, when he said the Lakers what? would be very good. Oh my! And the gosh. Lakers have self imploded. And on that note, I will take the Jazz money line over the Lakers. I think they're going to. They're not playing today. It's Mavericks. Ma- sorry, I meant Mavericks. I meant Mavericks. I was looking at the Mavericks. I don't know. Why I said Jazz. Um, I'm taking the Mavericks over the Lakers. I think they're going to blow out. I'm trying to find their money line right now, but it doesn't even matter because I think they're going to blow it out. Luca's been incredible. I was actually going to even do Luca over points, but again, I've been warning against parlays, and he's his over is thirty one. It's 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 thirty and a half points, so I don't I don't trust him to get thirty one. But regardless, even though he could, regardless, the Lakers, the sorry, the Mavericks are going to have their way with the Lakers. They're going to go. They're going to get the money line. I'll be seven and two, and then he has to watch his Lakers crumble even further. I'll be seven and two. They watch the crumble. Don't 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 listen. Listen, I'm so disrespect to LeBron, by the way. I love LeBron. Listen, I didn't know the Lakers was going to be this bad. Russell Westbrook, because I'm a Westbrook fan, okay? He came from the Thunder. I got to support him, but I can't, I can't, I just can't, I can't back him up this far now. All the, uh, the shots I've been seeing and everything, it's just, I don't even know what it is. It's just killing me. It's just killing me. 
But um, for now, man, don't don't worry about my Lakers, about the Lakers. All right, don't worry about my Lakers. And I'm gonna say my Lakers because for now I'm an okay LA fan. Okay, still a Thunder fan, but I'm supporting the Lakers. So remember what Westbrook said: once playoff starts, records go zero and zero. So just remember that. Remember that, Ellis, when you say this. Remember that. If they get to the playoffs. We're going to get to the play-in. Which, by the we way. We're going to get to the play-in. We're going to mm, get to the play-in. They're three games out. They're th- the no, Pelicans are catching up. Yeah, they are. They're still in the play-in. I have no hope for the Lakers after that Pelicans absolute you know, Yo, domination I just wanted to day. be known, too, real quick. Play-in 10 the, teams, right? It's 8 through 10. 8 through 10, right? That's what I thought. Yeah, they're ninth. Lakers, Single elimination. Aren't they Lakers neat? are ninth. two and a half games right now. Out, like they're ninth, but they're yeah, tied. Nice. They're tied with tenth with the Pelicans. Okay. No, they're not tied with tenth. They're two and a half game. Pelicans and Trailblazers are tied for the tenth spot. Both two and a half games behind the Lakers. I don't care. They're That's not that ninth. much. That's not I don't that care. Much. All I gotta say is though, CJ McCollum and the Pelicans. Like yo, I'm just saying. I had a parlay. Would have won me uh, a good, great amount of money. A good, great, like over like two k. What? How much you yeah. put it down then? It was a lot. You gotta stop parlaying. It's not good for you. Freaking the Pelicans beat the Suns. But that's what always happens. What? That's what happens when you Bro, parlay. Do you know Herbert how mad Jones, I was? man, the myth, the legend. Do you know how mad I stop was? Stop parlaying. I'm. I'm. This is. Bro, this is like, you. oh my god. I have no sympathy for you. I mean, it was it was risk free. It was risk free, so I got the bread back. Oh, okay. That's why I did it. How does that work? Like, you can just like so, you get one risk because I don't I don't actually bet. Yeah, if you you sign up on like a like right now, there's a promotion on Barstool if you sign up mm-hmm. you can do like a, a bet like up to $1000 and like you can make a parlay whatever as much as you want and so drop why that 1000 and then why would you do something that you could easily make money off of I did I guess you want to be really rich so you no, you use that no. 1000 to No yeah I dropped 1000 Mhm I see like, don't worry about my pockets for over two Well no this yeah. is because I'm not, no, I'm no, not no, asking no. you know what I'm saying it's no, like, yeah. it's not real I, money I, I, I might have yeah You're playing I, with I, the house I dropped money. a fake I dropped a fake 1000 Yeah Yeah I got I got it Monopoly and like money. it was like no, but it was like four heavy favored like minus five ten like teams. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's not like I did like a twenty team parlay. Like it was like four teams, like minus five ten, minus three twenty. Like the Suns were like minus two eighty. So I was like, and I'm playing the Pelicans. I'm like, okay, yeah. You saw Devin Booker post that thing of the win streak and then the the one loss and put the frowny face emoji. Like I was like, bro, okay, yeah, we got this. Literally, literally the last one, and the Suns lost. I don't know how, and lost by like fifteen too. That it just, just made me upset. So you know, also too, if we have any Celtics fans out there, we're not friends. We're not friends. The way the Celtics have freaking done me bad, and just keeps on failing me. It just sucks. It just sucks. Like, it keeps happening. And I keep saying, I'm going to stop betting on the Celtics. Are you parlaying the Celtics? Yes. Stop parlaying. No. I don't want <laughs> You've to. You've definitely lost way more money parlaying than you. I have. <laughs> if it's risk-free, you have to shoot for the stars. No, but this wasn't like. risk-free. This was like <laughs> Sunday. The Celtics. Oh, this wasn't even risk-free. Oh. No, it was first. Well, the Celtics just lose to. It was I follow, Sunday. I follow them here on Instagram, and I... um. 
And I saw him post a parlay, and I was like, why is this man parlaying again? Because I win. Because there'll be times I win. I there, win most there, of the there times. There is times when you win, and there are most times when you lose. There, That is true, but listen, we win. But the Celtics, yeah, Celtics, bro, we just— What's, what's your lock, Amir? I'm like, let, let, yeah, let's, let's cut let's to the get chase. To, yeah, let's cut to the chase, man, before this turns to Amir grinds my gears. Um— I think you know. I don't even know. I wasn't. I, I don't even like any of the games today. Like at all for basketball, hockey. The best team probably. I mean, the only lock is really the Lightning versus the the Senators. That's really it. If y'all want to go a real lock, it's the Lightning versus the Senators minus four hundred money line. Very heavy favorite again. Uh, you know. Vasilevsky is starting twenty eight eight and four, and Matt Murray is starting for the Senators five ten and two. So if you want to do a quick lock in hockey, if you want to drop a quick maybe house, go Lightning. Lightning is a very strong team, and I'm pretty sure the Lightning are at home too. So I would um, I would go yeah. I think I'm gonna go Lightning. Are they at home? No, they. I think they're at away. Yeah, they're away. Wait, wait. Yeah, they're away. They're away. So, yeah, still, it doesn't matter if they're away, home, they're in Switzerland, whatever. Let's go, Lightning. Brett? Yes, sir. Well, I, I, I didn't get to make a prediction last week. I, I wasn't able to be here. But a couple weeks ago, I, I appeared on Friday Crew, and I kept my perfect streak alive. It was a NHL, um, I believe it was the Kings and Golden Knights. It was a, a goal scored in the first nine minutes. And, and I hit it, there was a goal scored with... 807 left in the first period so just made it by the skin of my teeth but I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it interesting because you know at at the beginning of the semester it it was strictly money line bets and and honestly I I want to see how long I can go you know doing different things money line was starting to get a little bit boring so I I actually found one and they just changed the odds on this right as I was about to read it ironically enough um, Amir was talking about the Celtics before, how same same game parlays did him dirty, but but I'm not gonna lock a same game parlay in here. I, I'm gonna lock a Al Horford ten plus points and Boston to win the game, a player performance double. It's the first time I'm ever gonna do something like that. He's been he's been getting consistent minutes in the 30s minus a coach uh, rest. I, I believe his last game against the Pacers he didn't play, but other than that he's been getting. On average, around 30 minutes a night, averaging like 13 points, seven rebounds, and I can't—I I don't see a reason why he won't hit that. And the the Hawks can't defend a lick, so there, there's no reason why Boston shouldn't come out here and steamroll him. So I, I'm gonna lock in Al Horford 10 plus points and Boston to win this game. Okay, I promise you, you're gonna be very disappointed. Because it's not a parlay, get, though. I'm no, I know, but the Celtics are just disappointing. They always disappoint me, just every time. So it's like you think they're gonna beat these teams, you know? They 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 got no answers, and what happens? They lose. Jalen Brown can drop thirty. They're gonna still lose because for some reason today Jason Tatum doesn't know how to play. It just always happens. It just hurts. It hurts me, Brett. It just hurts me. I have to believe since they're on a tear that they can keep it up against a Hawks team that's ranked 28th in defensive rating. 
you know, the, the thing about the, the thing about the Hawks is just so crazy. Like they're twenty eighth in defensive rating, but I think they have the NBA's like second best offense. Really? So, you know, it, it's not like they're they're lacking that punch. It, it, it's just that Clint Capella's regression on defense has really taken a significant hit right. on any semblance of defensive identity that they had. Right. So, I mean. I mean, I'm just saying I'm not betting on the Celtics because they just hurt me like they always do because they just don't like me. I'm just, I'm just convinced that they don't like me. I, like like Jalen Brown, Tatum, Schroeder, they all don't like me because every time I bet on them, because I bet you I can bet on them right now, I bet you they don't win today. I'll put money that they don't win today. You know what? I might just bet, I might just bet against the Celtics now. You know what? Just because. Just because I said so. That would make, well, that make for an interesting sure. lock next week. <laughs> if, Why don't you parlay the Celtics? Did. You said what? Why don't you parlay the Celtics? Because I don't want to parlay the Celtics because they're trash. Tonight's the night, though. Your, your, your luck might yeah, change. Yeah, tonight, yeah, tonight's the night. And then, yeah, no, tonight's the night that the Hawks win. <laughs> Watch. <laughs> Watch. Probably. Probably. Watch. I'm yeah. I'm gonna bet Hawks now. You know what? Not nah, I'm dedicated. I moved it. Let's go. <laughs> I am dedicated. A real live lock of the week on air. What? Like you you put your lock in? Oh no no that is not my lock. No my I'm lock saying, is the I'm lightning. Saying, like, but like you're also endorsing this if you're gonna bet on it. I mean I'm gonna do it. I oh got you got that's, you. That's that's because me and 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 the uh the uh the Celtics got beef. We have a we got a little bit of beef. So understood. So yeah, that's why maybe, you know, You're I'm exacting do revenge. That. Huh? You're exacting revenge on them. Yeah, yeah, I am, because they just suck and lose me money every time. Understood. But, but you know, I'm trying to look. I'm trying to talk. I'm trying to cook up a parlay right now. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to cook up a couple. You know, I, got, I want. I want a couple things this week. I want a couple things this week. I, you know, I got a little bit of some. Y'all mean the the spread out. So I'm trying, you know, I got my, my cousin, my cousin is a G. Shout out to my cousin. I just wanted to be known. My cousin is a G and was able to make over 20K in bets last week. What? 20K. What did he bet on? (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, he gave me a couple of picks and he just kept on winning. And he, I kept winning with him. But I was like, yo, this is crazy. Like, you are nasty. (laughs) Like, you are nasty. So, I mean... Keep it going, and like, I hope he keeps winning because I'm gonna keep I'm gonna keep tailing him and keep winning with him. <laughs> I hope so. But um, yeah. So those are nice locks. Um, yeah. So we're gonna take another quick quick break, and we're gonna get into. I'm gonna talk about the Chelsea and Liverpool thing real quick because Ellis here talking about Keppa. Keppa is a great. Yeah, he's a he 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 mm. messed up a little bit. He mm. messed up a little bit. Worth all that money, yeah. I, I, now he is, now he's stepping up. He's stepping up Come now. On. Come on, he's your backup. Yeah, because do you know how good and no, I know he's gonna, good. I know he's good, but you, like you're telling me, it's he was worth it when he's you paid what? I, we didn't have a goalkeeper. You paid seven. Regardless, you paid seventy five. Want to save this for later? Yeah, and we're yeah, we're gonna take a quick break. Okay. As soon as we come back, me and you are you. Keep it locked in here. WRSU.org, of course, in eighty eight point seven FM, New Brunswick. We'll be right back. And welcome back here, Tuesday edition of the crew. I'm here with the guys, Ellis Gordon, Brent Hahn, of course. And yes, for my soccer fans out there, I hope, you know, 
Uh, y'all heard about this. I am a Chelsea fan, if y'all didn't know. And um, we played Liverpool in uh, in the Carabao Cup final. And um, I just wanted Choke. to... Listen, it was a great game. Great game by both teams. Very open. The game was very open. We should have won that game. Listen, Chelsea should have won that game. They were up. They they had like two chances. The first chance came from Christian Pulisic from like six yards out from a pass from Asquetta came in and went right to the goalkeeper. Then before the half, Mason Mount also had a crossing goal. Had a crossing um, cross that came in and he hit it straight wide of the goal on the six yard line again, point blank in front of the goalkeeper. And then in the second half, to start the second half, Mason Mount had a breakaway with just him and the keeper hit the post and went out. And then after that, you know, it was just back and forth, back and forth. And, you know, couple, couple, you know, Liverpool scored, but it was disallowed because Van Dyke um, was intruding Reese James. First, he was offsides and he was holding Reese James so he couldn't get um, to block, you know, the initial ball to let the goal go in. And um and then and then in extra time, Chelsea scored twice, but they were both offsides. The first one with Lukaku was not offsides. I looked at it, we looked at it, I looked at it many, many times. I looked at the line. This is why I hate VAR. VAR is the worst thing to ever happen to soccer. It, it is terrible. Come on. What do you mean, come on? If we have VAR and we have instant replays, let's at least get the, the, the play right. Let's get the calls right. It's not great, but, like, it's better than what was happening previously. No, it's not. You it's forget not better. what was happening previously. No, we don't. Yes, I, you no, were. Rem- I remember all of it. I remember been watching- all the missed calls happening previously and everyone complaining? Well, they're making worse calls. I don't think they are. I just think they're, they, they're they're making- making, when, when, they make the smart calls when it comes to, like, you know, a foul happen, red cards. Not even sometimes red cards. They even no, still they mess up red they cards. They still miss. So I don't think it's perfect. But I don't like no, VAR, but, but it's better than the, the alternative. Fact that, but the fact that we have instant replay, and we have a striker in line with the with the defender online on sides, but just because his arm was pointing out saying "send me," that means he's off sides. When you cannot score with your arm, well, those are the rules. That is the worst rule that comes with VAR. That's what I'm trying to say. That rule is absolutely garbage. No, I agree. Like, why would you... What, what, is, what does this mean? Why would any of this happen? Like, we have... In, like, how, how does that make sense? No, I, you're I telling agree. Me, you're telling me just because... You're telling me just because the striker put his arm out to say, send me the ball... Where you can't score, the body can't score. You cannot score with a, with that. You can't score with that, and that means you know, um, he's off sides. That doesn't make sense. That's not rule. That's not soccer. That's not football, at all. No, I agree. So I agree. So if we didn't have VAR, that would have probably stand. That's what it counted, and, and and as it should be. Havert scored again. That was definitely offsides. We saw that. And then, so what happened was Chelsea and Liverpool went to PKs. I hate PKs. But we switched goalkeepers. Mendy 
throughout that whole game was excellent. Reason why he is the best goalkeeper in the world. Okay. I don't want to hear it from anyone saying that okay. he's not. The hair still exists. Okay. That's why and Mendy was UEFA goalkeeper of the year. Okay, and Mendy's better. De Gea drops. De Gea lets freaking ta- like the the no, softest that's, that's, shots go in. Please stop please, it. Please, Did you not please. see the Leeds game? Gea's, oh, stop it. Gea's, he's Gea's not that 20, good. He's off his prime. De Gea's 2017 season he's, is the oh, one of the best tw- seasons of wow, all time. Wow, 2017. What year are we in, Ellis? Well, he's had a really what good. What year co- we in? Yeah, really Ellis, answer the season. question. What year are we uh, in? Might be in 2022. Okay, we might be in 2022. Well, no, okay, we well, are in 2022. Let's keep this to your team. Listen, right? 2017. That was five years ago. I'm talking about the present. I'm not talking about the past. I'm not talking about the future. I'm talking about now. So, Mendy. The best goalkeeper in the world right now played an excellent game. Double saved on Mane. That was point blank in front of him. Should have scored. So, before the PK shootout happened, we subbed in our second goalkeeper, Kepa (laughs) Arizabalaga. Now, listen. Back in the day, in the past, he was horrific. He was paid how much for him? $72 million. He was not the best. He let in a lot of goals. He didn't let in a lot of dumb goals. You know, it was just bad. Reason why we had to get Mendy. It was just not good. I don't know what it what why, but it just it's just like that. So but over this year, it seemed like he found his confidence. He found his confidence. He played excellent when Mendy went off to the African Cup of Nations. He played excellent, went 3-0, I'm pretty sure, or I think he tied one. He plays in the FA Cup, the Carabao Cup, they, those cup games, not the final, but the cup games, he started and got us there. So And and and, and three and two of them actually ended up in PK shootouts where he saved the PKs and we advanced. So during the final, so obviously, obviously I won't lie, I think Kepa is definitely a better player PK saver than Mendy. So, what Chelsea did was, what Tukel did was, he subbed in Kepa. Last couple minutes, of course, for the PK shootout. Now, this PK shootout was max. It's not like, oh, okay, we made four, then, then you know, they made, Liverpool saved, Liverpool had a, a, a Irish goalkeeper, wasn't just Alisson. Um, I forgot his name, but he wasn't, he was like the second choice goalkeeper. Um, it wasn't like, you know, say this this penalty shootout ended 11 to 10. Everyone made their penalty. Everyone. Van Dyke, you know, Van Dyke made a penalty where where Keppel was cheating. He was cheating that side knowing he was going to go on that side and he still made the penalty. That's something Keppel should save or if he knows he's going to do that dive, but it's whatever. But of course, it got down the goalkeepers. And Keppa was up to make it to take his PK, and then the rotation would restart again. But what happened was Keppa lined up. He didn't take his time. I was reading the huddle, and the huddle they they, they showed the area, uh, the aerial like you know view of the huddle of Chelsea before of Tuchel telling them to take their time with their penalties. Don't rush it. Take their times. And that's what all the players did. They took their time. They didn't rush nothing. They they did their little deep breath. They took their time. Whatever. Keppa just put down the ball, backed up, and went for the kick, and skied it over. Skied it over, and we lost the Carabao Cup final. Now, 
I'm not mad at Kepler. I'm not mad at him. I thought, you know, maybe he could have definitely took his time with the PK and, you know, you know, definitely would have, you know, instead of skyrocketing, maybe not thinking it was a goal kick, you know, that would have been better. But I was seeing a lot of, you know, you know, a lot of fans were blaming him. I'm like, how can you blame him? It was 11 to 10. You know, usually he does save a couple. He had a chance. He did have a chance to save one. He blocked it, but it still went in. I guess power, the power, you know, helped him. And it just, it, it hurt. It hurt me. I just thought the refs, you know, were terrible. Not terrible. The refs were fine. VAR, I just, just once again, you know, I'll make this the segment of what grinds my gears, is VAR is the worst thing to ever happen to soccer. At least just get everything right. If you have these offside lines, you got this, you know, this and that, you got all this technology, and we still get it wrong, like, you're costing a team a championship. I don't want that. Like, come on. Like, you're costing my team a championship. You're making me upset. It's at this point. Excuse me. Sorry. <laughs> at this point, man, it just hurt my feelings. Ellis, what do you want to say? Because I think you saw this game maybe or read about it. I watched. It. I watched. I, um, I summed it. You summed it up pretty good. Chelsea were the better team on the day, but guess what? The better team doesn't win. And I just found it funny as a Man United fan, even though I hate Liverpool oh and God. Chelsea. Oh I found gosh. it funny when Kef was like taunting um, Virgil van Dijk. He was just standing all the way to the left, and Virgil van Dijk just belted it past him. But, you know, I mean, Chelsea. Carabao Cup isn't the biggest deal. So, like, it's. As a Chelsea fan, I wouldn't be that. I'm like, it's it's a good thing to have, but I wouldn't be that upset. But like, I understand you're upset. Your complaints with VAR. I just feel like life is better with VAR, even though it's not perfect, than without VAR. But um, but you know, Man United's got a big match today. VAR Sunday is, is not better. Life is better without VAR, in my opinion. Mm, well, that's fair. You can agree to disagree, but and yeah. I mean, Mason Mount kind of sold, too, on that game. Mount sold it. Oh, man, when I tell you Mount sold it, that game. Why do you game, like Chelsea? Why do I like Chelsea? Um, I was a Chelsea fan growing up, like, when I was 10 years old, mm-hmm. um, around 2010. It was because of my cousin. He had a uh, he had a Drogba jersey, and I wore it, I wore it one day because um, I just needed a shirt, and he gave it to me. And ever since then, and, I, you know, as a kid, I loved the color blue. So I was like, you know what? And I like soccer. I was like. I'm a Chelsea fan. I was like, I like this team. I like Drogba. Like, I already knew who they were. So, I was like, you know what? I'm supporting this team from now on. So, I was there before the 2012 Champions League, too. So, before y'all try to call me bandwagons in, of last year. Well, even I, feel before like, 2020 I feel like Americans always have to be, like, semi-bandwagons of a team. We weren't even that good. European. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. Because, like, I mean, like we were who good, are you going like, to support? You have, no, you, you have no affiliation to the region. You just support, like... Like, well, for me, it was my neighbor, so what my neighbor supported. So, like, you just support someone that's near you supports or, like, a color you like. I feel like, like, there's no, like, regional affiliation you have in, like, America, you know. So, it's, I don't like the whole English Premier League bandwagon unless you're a Man City fan and then you're 100% a bandwagon. But other than that. What? <laughs> you're a bandwagon If you're a Man City you? fan. Oh, and, Man City? In, in the 2010s, Ooh. you are 100% a bandwagon. Ooh. That everything else is not. But. I wish I could tell my boy Malik that. My boy Malik is a Man City fan. Yeah, you're a hundred percent a bandwagon. But he was—he's a big Yaya Tori fan. So I get—he was a big Yaya Tori fan. So like, I right. can't it's, say it's he's... somewhat respectful, but like, still, it's a little less so. All right, but that, yeah, that's all I got for soccer. Brett, you know anything about it? You think no? I mean, the extent—the extent of me watching soccer over the years was <laughs> Germany in the World Cup. 
Okay. And I follow one team on Instagram. It's uh, Dortmund, uh, the Bundesliga. So, okay. Dortmund. I like yeah, Dortmund. Back when Lewandowski used to play for him. Yes. And Matt Hummels. Okay, and, and those you, you guys. know a little bit of so it. So I, I, I know a little bit, but I have not brushed up on it in probably six years. Oh, my gosh. So, <laughs> oh, my so. gosh. I thought you were going to say probably like a year. No. <laughs> no, no, at least six. At Jeez. least six. I, I, I fall into the category that you guys are saying where Americans bandwagon. That, that would 100% be me in a heartbeat. Uh, I mean, I'm not. I, uh, yeah. It's not. Uh, it's okay. It's all right. It's all right. But yeah, so that that hurt me. Uh man, you actually just tied to uh Burnley this weekend if you didn't watch Ellis. They suck, I saw. They suck. So y'all couldn't score for Nathan. So that was kind of funny. They suck. And it was I don't it wasn't Burnley, it was um Watford. Oh, it was Watford, yes. Yeah, it was and, Watford. And they suck. Actually, weirdly enough, that was not our worst offensive game. We but um like, You don't yeah, think so? No, if you watch the game, we actually had like four really good chances. We just missed like point blank. I don't know how, but um, there's been some games where we have like no offensive chances, and maybe we get lucky with a crazy Ronaldo goal or Jaden Sancho. But that game, we actually had chances, but we just couldn't finish them. But um, no, Man United is not good right now at all. They're just in free fall. They had a good year last year. It was great being a Man United fan last year. I thought, I thought they're going places now. Um, but they have no, they have no identity is the issue. They have, they sign all these, talk about misusing money. I make fun of Kepa, which is still a misuse of money, but like Man United just signed all these big guys and they don't know. You have Ronaldo and you're not top four right now. Or well, you're top four, but Arsenal's not, Ronaldo like. Isn't the, well, we are, we are top four. Actually. Yeah, but Arsenal's like it's three West points. Ham. West Ham's actually closer to us. They're one point off. But, um. Ha. But it's not, Ronaldo's not the issue. It's just there's no, there's no passion. There's no identity. Um. Like, it's just. We don't have a consistent core that we need, even though we have talent. It's just the consistency is off. Yeah. You think so? Yeah, we don't. Maguire is really good at points, but then he sucks at other points. Lindelof, great passer, but gets bodied by pretty much every big um. Maguire's just terrible. Well, no, Maguire has his moments. Um, Lindelof gets bodied. Um, Bailly can't stay healthy. Varane is good. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I like Varane. Um. De Gea had a really good season this year, but the previous two seasons not were really off seasons for him, coming off like his, where he was the best goalie in the world. Um, yeah. In 2017-2018. Uh, um, but, um, yes, he was. Don't, uh, don't even. Don't uh, even. Don't. Anyway, uh, but um, regardless. And then our midfield is, it's missing a cent. It's, it's when Matic gave us when when that one year when Marino signed him, we were missing that. McTominay is good, but not great. Um, Not that I love McTominay, but, um, Fernandez is great, um, but it's just like we don't have – Rashford gets benched and then started. Same thing with Sancho. There's no consistency in the team. It, we, we need to find a good coach. It comes with coaching. We need like an elite coach. Like like I know he's not on the market. Like a Zidane. Like something like that. Like so an elite coach that will help us win is what we really – Man United lacks and has been lacking since Mourinho. But Mourinho – and I wasn't the biggest fan of Mourinho, but he, he offered some stability that that like – no other like Ole, mm-hmm. Ole did, but Ole just wasn't up. Like he's not a Man United coach. Like I love, I love Ole. I have nothing bad to say about him, but he's just not elite coach like that. It's just not him. You don't think he's an elite coach, Ole? Yeah, not really. I just think, I think he's an elite person, and very <laughs> nice. And I think he got, he, I think he got his players to work for him very well. But you saw these coaches out like coaching him like in mid game yeah. to make mid game adjustments and Ole really wouldn't know what to do. And I was. think I do think Ole like has a great uh, like you I think you know as a fan you can only know so much but I feel like players love Ole cuz 
he's just a lovable guy, like even as a fan. But Why wouldn't that be? only goes so far when you don't know your tact. I mean, he knows his tactics, but don't know as well as like a club man. You need to be as good as Klopp or something like that. Yeah, I think so too. But you know, good soccer talk. I like that. Did y'all? I had a question. Did y'all see the other day the Warriors give up that twenty point lead to the Mavericks? I did see that. I did. And that's something we could definitely address in hour two. You want to an hour two real quick? Take a quick break and let's go to hour two. Yep. So let's do that real quick. We'll be right back here on the Tuesday edition of Crew. Hopefully, hopefully in time we get Skip back in the uh, studio. He's out actually at a meeting right now, so me and Skip can go back and forth. But for right now, it is me, Shannon here. Hopefully, maybe maybe Ellis or Brent might become Skip. I don't know. Maybe we can argue a little bit, but. We'll see coming up in hour two, NBA talk. And if, you know, I got a couple of NFL talks too to talk about a little bit too. So keep it locked here, WRSU.org and 88.7 FM, New Brunswick.